Hello, and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, bringing to you this Tuesday another episode of Foundations of Fascism, a miniseries in which I explore organizations, companies, and foundations who are the basis of the new push of the right wing internationally. This week, I am indeed talking about something that is completely international. This is not a national project. It is an international one, although its name might uh, hide that piece of information. This is the Foro Madrid, or the Madrid Forum. It's an international organization slash conference of political parties and individual political operatives on the right wing throughout the Spanish and Portuguese-speaking worlds, although there are some other groups and peoples involved. The Madrid Forum calls this the Iberosfera, the Iberian sphere, more or less. That essentially means that they're talking about Latin America, Spain, and Portugal. As far as I know, there are no participants in the Foro Madrid who are from, say, the Lusophone, that is Portuguese-speaking countries in Africa, for example. Now, this episode is going to be talking about an organization that's going to kind of sound like one of those conspiracy-type organizations, you know, like the Bilderberg Group or the Davos Forum. These organizations that are meetings of extremely rich and powerful people that happen every year at various places in the world. You know, Davos happens in Davos, Switzerland. The Bilderberg Group meetings happen in various hotels and resorts throughout, you know, the Western world. And these meetings are often the sites of big conspiracy theories. You know, people saying that these are the meetings where, you know, politics and policy are really decided and that none of that actually happens in national politics. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I follow receipts where we have them, but I generally believe that powerful people wear their intentions on their sleeves, more or less, and basically just sort of tell us how they're going to fuck us over. So I don't really think that they need like super duper secretive conspiracies most of the time. The Madrid Forum is no exception. They are pretty blatant about what their goals are and what they are trying to do in the world. And again, none of this is a conspiracy theory. What I'm about to tell you, this is from like their website. They have meetings. They have a Wikipedia page. You can just go read about them. It's just an organization. The Foro Madrid was founded in October 2020 at the behest of the Vox Party in Spain. That's why it's called the Madrid Forum, because they founded it in Madrid. Vox is Spain's largest and most successful far-right wing party since the Falange, since the extreme right-wing fascist party that ruled Spain under Francisco Franco during his dictatorship from the 1930s to the 1970s. Their founding document, called the Madrid Charter, is a one-page manifesto about the dangers of the left and differences in development opportunities in Latin America and, you know, Iberia in particular. The charter begins by saying that the people in this Iberosphere are part of a united cultural front, and that this means that they need to stick together for their own future and betterment, not just politically, but also economically. Now, this perspective is in keeping with how the Latin American right and the Iberian right have always talked about Latin America. This is the same sort of like paternalistic way of relating to Latin America from Iberia that has been the case for centuries. 
and also is part of how the Latin American right wing likes to talk about Latin America. They don't like to think about indigenous people or black people when they talk about Latin America. They like to think about the examples of the Spanish crown. You know, they like to think about the glories of the Spanish empire. Back in the day, this concept was called Hispanidad or Hispanicity, more or less in English. This means that they were talking about how Latin America is really a lot like all these European countries. You know, like that's how they want to think about it. After this, the Madrid Charter goes on to argue that despite the region's capacity for freedom and development, both Iberia and Latin America are nevertheless beset by communism and socialism. By this, they mean both Cuba and the center-left governments throughout the region. The Madrid Charter particularly calls out the Sao Paulo Forum, after which the Foro Madrid is named, the Foro Sao Paulo, which was founded in 1990, you know, some 30 years before the Madrid Forum was created, by the Workers' Party in Brazil. And this is something like a Latin American Socialist International. The Socialist International is an international organization of center-left parties, you know, think organizations like the Labor Party in the United Kingdom, although they have actually left the Socialist International. But, you know, like parties like that are, are part of this big international organization that occasionally meets and like talks about socialist strategy, but doesn't really do all that much. The Sao Paulo Forum is a lot like this, except it's, a, you know, it's got a little bit more teeth on it. And its idea is to unite the so-called Pink Tide, which spread over Latin America after the end of the dictatorships in Latin America in the 1980s and 1990s. Now, the Foro Madrid thinks that this is a serious danger, right? They don't like the left wing internationally organizing. That's one of the reasons that the military dictatorships did what they did in Latin America and Spain and Portugal. And so that is what the Madrid Forum is all about. Their claim is essentially a central right-wing claim that the spread of communism is the spread of unfreedom. And this is what they spell out in the remainder of the Madrid chart. Their claims are as follows. One, that the advance of communism, which they think is exactly the same as any form of the left, like anything that is remotely like the left-wing is communist in their perspective, right? So they think that the advance of communism is a threat to prosperity and development, period. Like they don't believe that development and prosperity are possible under communism or the left at all. Second, they believe that they need to defend what they call the rule of law, separation of powers, freedom of expression, and private property. Now, this one might sound a little okay, especially if you're coming at it from the United States or from most Western European countries. This is basically what both the center-left and center-right parties in most major democracies talk about today, right? Except that what the Foro Madrid means by this is that they think that the way that the governments are working today is not under the rule of law. You know, they think that the government of, for example, Lula in Brazil is an illegal criminal government, and they'll say that out loud, right? They think that the government of Cuba is an illegal criminal government. They also, you know, snuck that private property one right in there, you know, at the end, right? Their idea of what freedom is, is that it is freedom to hold property. And they would definitely, you know, jettison a lot of the freedom of expression part and the separation of powers part and the rule by law part as long as it defends private property. Third in the charter is that they promise, and this, this is a very interesting one, they say, we promise not to limit ourselves 
to fighting for our ideals in the realm of law. We will also fight in the realm of civil society. Now, what they mean by that is that they are declaring cultural war against the left in Latin America and Iberia. They mean that they're going to wage sort of multifaceted warfare against the left, not just by trying to win elections, but also by trying to win hearts and minds, trying to change minds, trying to change ideas, trying to shift culture. They're going to build major organizations. They're going to have big political rallies that aren't necessarily political parties, right? They want big political movements. They're going to have lawsuits. They're going to publish books. They're going to found organizations, right? They're doing a full press here. That's what they want to do. And finally, and most provocatively, the Foro Madrid in this charter promises to work together internationally to advance their goals in opposition to the left wing in Latin America and in Iberia. The remainder of this document is a set of signatories from all over Latin America and Iberia. The signatories list is pretty long. And again, you can just go look this up. This is not a secret. They talk about it themselves. One of the signatories is Javier Millet, an economist from Argentina who is currently the front runner in the upcoming Argentine presidential election. At the time of his signing this document, he was just an economist. Now he is a member of the Argentine Congress and is a serious contender for the presidency of that country. Other signatories included sitting presidents of Latin American countries at the time, including, for example, José Antonio Cast, who was at the time the president of Chile, who eventually lost his position to the current president of Chile, Gabriel Boric. There are a bunch of other opposition figures, you know, people who weren't in government at the time. For example, a lot of opposition figures in Cuba or from Cuba who are now operative in the United States. A similarly large number of opposition figures from Venezuela. And in addition to these Latin American actors and figures, there's also the Prime Minister of Italy, Giorgia Meloni. Again, this was signed before she was the Prime Minister of Italy. We have Marion Marechal, who is the granddaughter of Jean-Marie Le Pen and the niece of Marine Le Pen, two leaders of the National Front or National Rally Party, France's extreme right-wing party, and also some signatories from the Netherlands and Greece, and also a bunch of sort of B-list right-wing figures from the Republican Party in the United States. Now, this is beginning to sound like a conspiracy again, right? You know, this is this is an international organization comprised of people from the right wing across basically the entirety of what historians call the Atlantic world, right? This is the world that is between Western Europe and the Americas. It's an alliance between center right wing parties, extreme right wing parties, and according to many journalists, quote unquote, those who pine for the days of military dictatorship. And it's an alliance amongst those political groups combined with big business interests. So a lot of big businesses in Latin America, Western Europe, and the United States are also very down with the Madrid Forum because, of course, they like the right wing. They like the idea of enshrining private property alongside the right to the freedom of speech as you know the, the central tenet of how organized society should work. And they also, like the right wing in general, want to stem the tide of what I mentioned before, the so-called pink tide, that has swept over Latin America and resulted in a wave of rulership by so-called center-right or social democratic parties in that region broadly since the 1990s. So this is what the Madrid Charter says, you know, this is what the Foro Madrid says that they're going to do. But what do they do in the real world? Like, like, you know, what do they actually do? Well, for one, they are an opportunity for Vox, the founding organization 
of the charter to express their racist vision of paternalism. You know, they are an organization that is very, very nostalgic for Franco and also for big business and also for the idea of a Spanish empire of some kind over Latin America. They want to promote that vision just as the right wing in Latin America wants to promote it itself. Second, the Foro Madrid is a meeting place for the extreme right wing in the region. Like they just literally hold annual meetings where movers and shakers and all of those people's staffers and undersecretaries and whatever can get together and talk about what they want to do. They have had these meetings in many places. So far, they have held them in Lima, Peru. And we don't know exactly where the next one is going to be yet because they are usually held at the beginning of the year. It's possible, I guess, that it could be held in Argentina if Javier Millet wins in that country, for example. That's a possibility. But at these meetings, yeah, they, they talk about possible legislation. They hold business conferences. They trade secrets. This is the sort of stuff that I would desperately love to be behind the closed doors of. But alas, I am a historian. And so this is the kind of story that we won't learn about really until maybe 30 or 50 years from now, when these documents are old enough that nobody cares about them anymore. Finally, the Foro Madrid also does some apparently legit on the ground type work. And by apparently legit, I mean like that it is, it is, it is intended to appear to be legitimate, right? Essentially, what they do is what they call election monitoring. They do this in various countries in Latin America, but the point of their election monitoring isn't really to make sure that all electoral laws are being followed. Instead, it is to lay the groundwork to complain if their preferred candidate did not win an election. For example, they have done this in Peru. They're also doing it in Ecuador. Now, this organization matters for a number of reasons. One of them is just what they are, right? They're, they, they're a long-term plan whose goal is to change regional politics over time right? They are not playing small here. Their intention is to transform culture in Latin America and Iberia and to move it further and further to the right wing in response to this left-wing push that it has had since the 1990s. They want to lay the groundwork for a potential return of more conservative and right-wing political movements in the future and even possibly support for military regimes if it is deemed necessary. In addition to what they actually do in the physical world, I urge you to consider this organization seriously if you think about how your politics explains how the right wing works internationally. This is an organization, an international organization, on the right wing, that is not led by the United States. Business interests in the United States do not lead this organization. United States politics and politicians are not in charge of this organization. This is an international right-wing organization that is coming from Spain and Latin America, a right-wing push that isn't a puppet of U.S. actors. Now, as somebody who went to graduate school to study politics in Latin America, I can tell you that lots of times when people think about politics outside of the United States, and especially in Latin America, they think about the right-wing as being some sort of tool that the United States wields, essentially, like, like fairly directly. That's just not the case. These people are independent actors. They're fully capable of doing terrible things and making horrible decisions all on their own. And this is an important part of thinking about how the right wing actually works. They are just as disjointed and just as independent as the left wing is, right? That is how they operate. And if you don't think about them that way, then you will miss organizations like this. You will miss these kinds of connections and you will misunderstand how the right wing works 
and how and why it can appear even when it doesn't appear to be controlled by the United States. And that's because the United States and the United States actors have never been in control internationally. All right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Dr. Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics, by which I mean Sleepy Kitty Music is a band. You should go check out their music. It's great music. If you enjoy the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism spelled out in all one word. Let's me keep the lights on here. You can reach me at Gmail at 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. That's also spelled out in all one word. I'm on Twitter at hist of the right. That's H-I-S-T of the right. And also fascism 15. Again, that's spelled out. However, on Blue Sky, I am not spelled out. I am 1-5-M-I-N-S-O-F-F-A-S-C. 15 mins of fash. All right. Thanks very much. And I will talk to you Thursday. Thursday.